hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in again to the College Age Movement Podcast. We are in the second part of our series, Walking with God. Last week we talked about the story of Abraham contending for the, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and uh, contending for other people, being bold with his relationship with God. We talked about how his relationship with God was so incredible because it was so intimate. It was unlike anybody else's on earth at the time. But because of Jesus, you and I get the same opportunity to have that same relationship with the creator of the world. And uh, we just talked about how incredible that is and how we need to not take that for granted, how we need to be bold and and ask for things from God and have these dangerous prayers and and be willing to, to approach the throne of God and, and, and be bold in that. And this week, we're going to be talking about Isaac, who is Abraham's son. And a couple things to remember about Isaac are this. Uh, number one, he was the start of God fulfilling his promise to Abraham. He was how the nation of Israel would become great. He was the son of Abraham who was a fulfillment of the promise that God made that, that I'm going to make your nation great. There's going to be so many people. It's going to outnumber the grains of sand on the side of the ocean. And so Isaac was, was a fulfillment of that to Abraham. And secondly, we need to remember that Isaac had witnessed God's life-saving work that he was almost sacrificed, and uh, God provides a ram. We talked about this story last week. And so Isaac has seen God move. He's seen his father's relationship with God. He, he's been able to, to witness it firsthand. And we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 26. And at this time, Isaac is about 40 years old. He's married to the, a woman named Rebecca. And we're going to pick up in verses 1 through 3. It says this is now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father. Abraham. So the first point is this is, I will be with you. That is a simple phrase, and yet it holds a powerful truth. God was asking Isaac to do something, but reassured him that he would be with him while he did it. And I think it is such a good reminder that the God who calls us to something is the same God that will see us through that something. This isn't just, hey, go do that and good luck. This is, hey, go do that and I will be with you. God isn't asking any of us to go on a solo mission, yet so many of us take off on our own. We, We start to look at our own strength and our own capabilities and we start to try to push through things and we try to tough it out, but God isn't asking us to do that. What he's asking us to do is to lean into him and understand that he is with us every step of the way. And as we make decisions on our process, as as we start to interact with different things in our world, if we take the creator of the universe along with us, we are going to be way more successful than we would be if we didn't intentionally seek him out in all decisions and all relationships and all, all of those things that we're doing. So we need to be a people who are willing to work smarter, not harder. And you've probably heard that in the workplace, but what, what we're being asked to do 
is think before we act. It's not just about running after something and not thinking about how we're doing it. We want to work smart, and it's probably smart to move with the creator, not without him. And even though he's with us all the time and he's watching and he's overseeing, we want him to be down in the mud, in the muck, in the mire with us because he's going to be the one who gets us through those things, who gets us through the hard things. So let's be people in our faith who work smarter, not harder. And then out of this three-verse passage, the second point is this, is promises confirmed. Promises confirmed. God wanted to confirm the promises he made to Abraham and Isaac. He was, going to, he was going to do that through Isaac's obedience, and Isaac is obedient. You see, Abraham was a messy, broken person, and so is Isaac. We'll see that later on. But what God knew about Abraham was that he was obedient most of the time, and that because of his obedience, we saw great things happen in the life of Abraham. God was faithful time and time again. And so he is depending on Isaac's obedience, and Isaac, in this next couple of verse uh, passage, is obedient. In verses four through six, God says to him, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees, and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Isaac stayed. So that's his obedience. God says, I want you to stay in this land. I want you to become fruitful. And Isaac might have been wanting to leave. But because God said that, Isaac stays there. The story of Israel is amazing on so many different levels. But one of the reasons that I love it so much is because of how human it is. God fulfilled promises to multiple generations through what I would call messy obedience. It wasn't perfect obedience. It wasn't clean obedience. It was messy, broken obedience. That, that Abraham was obedient and Isaac was obedient, but it was never perfect. And if I were to describe my own personal walk with Jesus, I think messy obedience is an appropriate phrase. That's, that's an adjective that, that I would use to describe uh, my obedience because I know that in my life, God has called me to many things, and there are things that I've begrudgingly done. There are things that I just haven't done at all. And there are things that I've said yes to and have just pushed into Jesus in certain circumstances. But it's never been clean. It's never been cookie cutter. It's never been this thing where like, oh man, Evan just does what God wants him to do all the time. And I think that all of us can identify with that. That none of us would say, hey, I've been obedient to God every step of the way in every situation. We would probably identify with this messy, broken, kind of half obedience most of the time. And, and I think that that's okay. I think God is okay with, with messy obedience. And, and we've talked about it before, but, but delayed obedience is still obedience. That, that God is not any less pleased with us when we are obedient, even if it's years down the road after he's asked us to something, or even if it's in a different relationship where we missed a, an opportunity in another relationship. And it always reminds me, of my son Maddox, and and he's he's six next week, and, and I'm so excited for that, and every year has been hard, but every year has been beautiful, and it's just been different, and there's different things in different seasons, and right now, one of the things that I feel like, like I get most frustrated about is that I have to ask Maddox multiple times to do something. I can't just ask him to do it once, and he just does it. Sometimes he does, but usually it's, hey, how many times have I asked you to do this thing? And I'm I'm an imperfect I'm an imperfect father. I'm a father that that gets frustrated. I'm a father that gets angry, and there are times where 
I get angry because I have to ask him so many times. But this is something that, that I've realized is that when Maddox does the thing that I ask him to do, even if it's the third time I've asked him to do it, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that he has finally done what I have asked him to do. And I think that we have to realize that we serve a perfect father who doesn't get frustrated, who doesn't get angry, and who isn't upset when he has to ask us four or five times. Now, he would probably love for us to just listen, obey, and it would just be this clean thing. It's just boom, boom, boom. But when God has to ask you four, five, 15 times to do something, when you do it, he is still pleased with you. He is still pleased with me when I do what he's asked me to do, even if it's taken a long time to get around to it. You see, obedience will lead to promises fulfilled. Obedience will lead to promises fulfilled. Now, this doesn't really have anything to do with this particular story, but I want to purposely rabbit trail because it's so important to point out. I think it's important to understand that you might not see your promises fulfilled. You might not see your promises fulfilled. Abraham didn't see Israel become a great nation. In fact, Isaac won't see Israel become a great nation, and Jacob won't see Israel become a great nation either. Actually, the nation of Israel doesn't become great for generations after this, but the promise that God makes to Abraham, the promise that God makes to Isaac, the promise that God will make to Jacob is fulfilled anyway. Obedience, even messy obedience, will lead to those promises being fulfilled. You might see them come true, in your own life, and that would be amazing. Sometimes we get to see results of our obedience, and that's great. But maybe our great, great, great grandchildren will see the benefit of our obedience. But here's the thing. It's not about us seeing them. It's not us about us seeing the results. It's about them actually coming to fruition. We have to be selfless to understand that we are living for God and for other people, not for ourselves. Sometimes that means missing out on seeing things come to pass. And sometimes that means missing out on recognition, and that's okay because we're trying to be a little bit more like Jesus every single day. And it says in Scripture that Jesus came to serve, not be served. And we need to have the exact same mentality. It's not about seeing results. It's not about seeing benefit. It's not about getting recognition. It's about serving God and serving people. It's about loving God and loving people. And maybe we will see the benefits or the results of the work that we put in, and maybe we won't. But it doesn't matter because we still serve the same God and we're still on the same mission. So if we were to just stop right here, it looks like a simple story of Isaac being obedient and God guiding him through life. But good old bloodlines get involved. And then we pick up in verses 7 through 9, and it says this. It says, when the men of that place, that men of that being Gerar, asked Isaac about his wife, Isaac says, she's my sister. Because he was afraid to say she's my wife. He thought the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebekah because she is beautiful. When Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she's really your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? Isaac answered him, because I thought I might lose my life on account of her. And this is what's absolutely amazing to me, is that Abraham, Isaac's pops, did the exact same thing. Talk about a facepalm moment. Like he heard, hey, my dad did this with my mom. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that too. 
And it's just amazing to me that, that broken person after broken person is used by God, but God is fulfilling promises even with messy, broken people. And that should come as a, a reassuring thing to you because it, it comes to a reassuring thing as a reassuring thing to me because I am messy and I am broken and I've done stupid things in my life and God is still willing to use me. But this is what we can learn from this is that fear kills callings. Fear kills callings. God had made it abundantly clear to Isaac that he was with him through the entire thing, and yet Isaac feared for his life. His personal well-being took precedence over the calling that God gave him. And I think that we can identify with that, that there's been fear in our lives that has caused us to to think about our own self-preservation instead of the call that God has placed upon our lives. And we have to be willing to ask ourselves, am I operating out of fear? Because if we are operating out of fear, we very rarely will be obedient. God has not called us to be fearful time and time again through scripture. It says, do not fear, do not fear for I am with you. We need to be people who recognize that God is with us and and we need to not make decisions big or small that are founded in fear because fear does not lead to obedience. Fear usually leads to disobedience. When we are obedient to who God is calling us to be and what he is calling us to do, there is nothing to be afraid of. We have the creator of the universe, the God who hung the stars in the sky right next to us, willing to walk it out with us. That doesn't mean that our humanity doesn't get away. That doesn't mean that we don't feel a little fearful, but we don't make decisions out of fear. We don't operate out of fear. We operate inside of who God has asked us to be. If we are willing to faithfully follow Jesus, that job, that spouse, that friendship, that whatever will come. We have to be willing to follow Jesus and not follow our fears. You see, we can force things out of fear. We need to have patience. We, we get impatient so often in our lives. I know it's something that I struggle with a ton is impatience. And we start to, to look at our life and we like, oh, I want these things to happen in my life. I want this thing to come to fruition and I don't know if it is going to. So I'm going to force the issue now. I'm going to start making decisions now in fear that it will never happen in the future. And then we get ourselves in trouble. We can also hesitate because of fear. Hesitate because of fear. If you know it is God's will, move. Sometimes God asks us, asks, asks us to do something and we hesitate because we're afraid. But if God is asking you to something, he will bring you through it, right? If God is asking you to something, he will bring you through it. And so we do not need to be people who, who hesitate out of fear. We need people who move right when God asks us to move. Focus on him. Sometimes life gets noisy. We have to find ways to drown out the noise and get in a quiet place with God. That's why personal devotions are so important. That's why spending time in community is so important. We need to take intentional time to center ourselves on our Savior. If we don't do that, the noise of the world, everybody's opinions, all of these different voices start to just cloud what we're hearing. And we need to be so, so certain that, that, that we're spending time with Jesus 
that we're actually meeting our creator, that we're meeting our savior, that we're centering ourselves, that we're grounding ourselves so that when the noise comes, when the opinions come, when culture starts yelling things at you, when your parents start yelling things at you, when your boss starts yelling things at you, when your friend group starts yelling things at you, you can just say, hey, I need to step away. I need to step into my relationship with Jesus. I need to drown out the noise. I just need to have a conversation with God. And I would say this, if you find yourself questioning whether following Jesus is even for you, if you find yourself questioning if Jesus is even legit, if you find yourself questioning if this whole thing is absolutely incredibly crazy, I would encourage you to do the exact same thing. Cancel out the noise. Form your own opinions. Make space for questions. Make space for conversations with people who believe something different than you believe. Make space for questions with God. Make space for conversations with God. Maybe you don't believe that God exists. Give him the opportunity to speak into your life. Kill the noise in your life and form your own opinions. Last week, we talked about the fact that we need to know who God is because of our interaction with God, not know who God is because of who people have told us that he is. We need to meet God ourselves. We need to to pray ourselves. We need to research ourselves. We need to read the Bible ourselves. We need to do those things ourselves, not just formulate our opinion based on the opinions of others. So kill the noise. Whether you follow Jesus or not, kill the noise and get in some intentional space about pursuing God and figuring out what it is that he's asking of you. So Isaac still finds fruitfulness in the land that God told him to stay in. Even though he's a fool, even though he tried to give his wife away, even though he sinned and he messed up and he's broken, God still creates this life for him that is fruitful, that is joyful, that is, that is this amazing thing. And it's frustrating sometimes, but we have to understand that God keeps his promises even when we mess up. And we can get frustrated at the fact that that Isaac still saw fruitfulness, but I look at my own life and you probably look at your own life and say, man, it's good to know that my life can still be fruitful. My life can still have meaning. My life can still be good and beneficial to myself and to others. And that's really good that, that no matter how many times I've messed up, God is still willing to do that for me, that God is still willing to use me, that God is still willing to work with me and through me. We need to find reassurance in that, not frustration in that. So Abimelech asks Isaac to leave. He gets too fruitful. He, he gets too many things. He's becoming too powerful. And Abimelech is like, you know what? You've got to go. I, I need you to leave the land that, that I rule. I need you to, to, to get out of here. So, so Isaac, for, for a few verses here, he moves around to these different places. He has quarrels with, with different people. And then we pick up in Genesis chapter 26, verses 23 through 24. This is from there he went up to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. You see, the next point is this is reminders. I don't know about you, but I love reminders. I live and die by my iCal on my phone. I put everything in there. It's a, it's a religious pra- practice for me that if there's something that needs to get done or there's somebody I'm meeting with, it always goes in my calendar. Because if it's not in there, it's not happening. And there's, all, there's that little, little 
place on your calendar where you put a reminder 15 minutes, 30 minutes, one day before. And I use that religiously as well. And this is why. Because sometimes life gets busy. Sometimes life gets crazy. And you get that reminder, hey, in 30 minutes, you have this meeting. In 30 minutes, you have this due. And I'm like, oh, no, I forgot about that. Thank goodness I had a reminder that I needed to get it done. And then in our relationships, like there's nothing better than getting a text like you haven't talked to somebody in a while and they just shoot you like, hey, I hope you're doing well, thinking about you, love you, bye. Like a reminder of people thinking about you, about loving you. Like we need to be a people who are willing to do that. Remind people of their value, remind people of their worth, remind people of their God. And God knew that Isaac had a tendency to fear. So he reminded him again, do not be afraid for I am with you. God also knows that we have tendencies and he wants to remind us that we do not need to be afraid for he is with us. He loves you. He wants you to be reminded of that. So take this just moment and be reminded of God's posture towards you. It is one of a loving father, someone who came and died so that you could have eternal life. And those reminders are so important for us that we get those reminders on a daily basis basis. And then verses 25 through 28 go on to say this, Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. Meanwhile, Abimelech, the, the ruler, the one that kicked him out of Gerar, had come to him with Azuzah, his personal advisor, and Fakol, the commander of his forces. Isaac asked him, why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, We saw clearly that the Lord was with you, so we said, there ought to be a sworn agreement between us, between us and you, let us make a treaty. So the last point is this, we saw that God was with you. We saw that God was with you. Despite how messed up Isaac was, the people around him could tell that the Lord was with him. He was messy, he was broken, but he was fully forgiven, and the Lord was with him. Let that be said of us. Would people look at us collectively? Would they look at us individually and they say, man, you are far from perfect. You you make mistakes. But I can tell that Jesus is with you. I can tell that you are walking with Jesus. The way that you love people, the way that you ask for forgiveness, the way that you forgive, the way that you're intentional with people, the way that you speak to people, Man, you aren't perfect, but I can tell that the Lord is with you. We need to be those people that that, that we embrace our imperfection. We understand it. We see it. We identify it. And yet we live in in the knowledge that God is with us and that other people would see that too. I just want to end with this. Do not fear. Do not fear. Because despite all of your blemishes, God is with you. Thank you so much for tuning in again to this week's uh, podcast for College Age Movement. If you are in Billings, we always want to say this. We would love to see you in person. We would love to get you plugged in to this community. We meet at 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights at Faith Chapel. If you're not in Billings... That's, that's fine. We know, we understand that you can't make it. And uh, we hope that you stay, stay plugged in through this podcast and that someday we will get to meet you in person. We love you guys and we will talk to you very soon.